the show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Electricity here in Columbia, what well, has been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Williams Price Stadium is second to nine. And the rave breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! You believe it? Cops have won this game. You're your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now. Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell him, you look like you joined the Dynasty. Greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barndo Co. The Barndominiumco.com, where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot if you live in the Carolinas, in Georgia, or in Tennessee. If you haven't seen what they can do, you might want to head to the Barndominiumco.com. It truly is unbelievable, and there's a reason why they have been named. One of the best builders in the United States by multiple outlets. That's not an opinion. That is a fact. Signorama, of course, is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics, and it doesn't take much to figure that out if you just glance around at williams Bryce Stadium this fall or pretty much anywhere in between. You'll see their work, but you don't have to work for South Carolina to have the fine craftsmanship of the men and women at Signorama in West Columbia. You could own a business. You might need your car wrapped. You might need your cat wrapped. Whatever it is, signorama.com. Matt Vaughn's a tremendous, tremendous Gamecock as well. So are these guys, Phil and JC. I'm JB. I'm back. Sorry that I was out yesterday. We're here until 1 o'clock this afternoon. And coming up at noon, Chase Belt with Park Avenue will be here to give us a deep dive into what do they do? What is the purpose of Park Avenue, especially after last year the launch kind of dissipated? Once the NCAA came in and said, wait, I thought Alabama was doing that. Oh, no, that's South Carolina. Can't do that. So they kind of knocked him out of the park. But they're back. And J.C., of course, right in the thick of this as well. And uh, so we'll have a tremendous conversation at the top of the second hour of programming. She will be followed by Jordan Hill of 24-7 Sports, dogs247.com. Kirby Smart was on the podium yesterday. And uh, we'll take a little bit of a summer look at Georgia football, the defending national champions, before we get into fall practice coming up here in just a couple of weeks. Of course, all of you in the chat box, good to see you. And uh, make sure you pass along your questions, comments, and concerns. We'll try to answer some questions, but there's a lot of SEC Media Days coverage this week is teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com. And we certainly are focused on what is happening up in Nashville, which, by the way, yesterday was pretty bad weather. According to a lot of the uh, a lot of the sports beat writing meteorologists from their hotel rooms, 
which I saw on Twitter last night. But Mad Dog, Schubert, good to see both of you. Morning. Morning. I wonder how you say Mad Dog and Schubert in German. That sounds like a like a, one of those German 80s techno bands. Yeah. Uh, Mad Dog, Dog and Schubert are on. That was the time when Mad Dog and Schubert were we dance. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. No, I don't know. I don't speak German. I don't speak anything other than uh, English. So. Me, me either. I, and I took years of French, like years. <laughs> yeah. I do not know. I do not understand the language. Je m'appelle is about all I get. Yeah. But uh, no, it's uh, it's great to be here today. I hope I'm hoping for a a uh, a nice, fun and informative show today. Uh, those are my goals. Uh, for for today's show, <laughs> fun and informative, you know, light and perky. It's it's gotten a little thick around here lately, you know. Uh, and uh, all I can say about that is, uh, you know, just like the weather in Nashville last night, the sun will shine again. You know, that's uh, that's kind of the way life works and everything you care about. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. nobody said it was perfect and easy. So that's uh, that's kind of the thing. And on that note, guys, Nashville has surprisingly bad weather. No, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't think it, but it's like it's kind of located right there on the Cumberland Plateau, sure. or b- before the Cumberland Plateau, right on tor- the edge of Tornado Alley. Uh, there are tornadoes a lot. Um, mm-hmm. They they had a massive flood. I'll, I'll never forget it because uh, Tony Morell and I were in Nashville signing our twenty four seven sports contract before it launched in May of twenty ten. We went out and celebrated, and I celebrated really hard. And at the time, I wasn't really used to it. A little thing called fireball shots and Texas mm-hmm. sushi. Ooh. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm literally drinking PBR, rolling fireball shots. And keep in mind, at the time, I didn't drink often at all. I, maybe I'm like a once every six months guy that would have some beers. Uh, and, and so I'm rolling in, and I do that, and an old college JC comes back out. And I'm eating jalapenos, and I'm drinking PBR, and I'm doing fireball shots. And you can imagine what that did to my stomach. Uh-huh. So the next morning, I'm laying on the floor at the airport, catching a flight to Philadelphia because I have to go cover the Penn State Nike camp for ESPN. Uh, so I'm catching a, a hopper to Philly, uh, and I'll never forget Jerry Hamilton who signed his contract the same day we did walk by. And, hey, it's good to be you today, buddy. You know, and I'm like, Arr. I got on that plane, guys. It was the worst turbulence ever. Okay, I, I, I literally, but I was so I felt so bad I didn't care. I was just going there, got there, drove the two and a half hours or whatever. And then I turned on the TV and Nashville had like a hundred year flood. That was the start of that storm. And it was apocalyptic. It was like, it was like the apocalypse there. Uh, So they do have stuff. I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting. It's interesting because it's, Nashville's a lot of things, but a good weather town is probably not one of them. Yeah. It's nasty quick. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. You're right. It is surprising. As a matter of fact, I've talked to Josh Pate about that before because he's a storm mm-hmm. chaser as well. For those that don't know that, uh, he'll yeah. hop on the road and and he he'll give his best version of Twister uh, while he's out there. You know, I, setting all those little balls off into the air. That's a that's one of the most you in a, in a, a guy that's that unique and Josh Pate. That's just yet another layer. And then you're like, wow, man, this guy <laughs> uh, and all that good stuff. So. Um, yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah, Quantrell asking a question here to, to, to piggyback on that about the event being in Dallas next year, speaking of kind of crazy weather at times. 
uh, and is Texas throwing their weight around? I, you know, I, JB, I think this is something Sankey's had his eye on for a while. You, you got to keep in mind, it's not just Texas. It's A&M, it's Arkansas. They're right there. They have a large alumni base in Dallas. Oklahoma certainly does. Um, LSU to a certain extent. I mean, so I, I don't know. I, do you think this is the Longhorns kind of getting their way already or, no. or what? No, I don't. I think that um, I think Mike Morgan hit the nail on the head the other day. I think that they're essentially bidding this out, and um, and the SEC's footprint is is ever growing. I, I think where you would have an issue is if all of a sudden it was being held in New York City or Boston or something like that. I'd have I'd have a problem with that. But let's face it, Texas A and M has been in the league for eleven years, and uh, they're now adding Texas. Texas is a SE is part of the SEC footprint, and there you go. So it's been, it's been in Atlanta, it's been in Birmingham, it's been in Nashville, it's been in Dallas. Um, JC, I think you maybe you've heard the same rumors I have at times over the years about different spots in Florida, and they already do the spring meetings in Destin. But I've heard, you know, what if we uh, bring the bring media days to Tampa or or Miami? Uh, I'm not sure Miami would go over too well but you know places like that and I, I i would venture a guess that there are going to be other cities here before long that pop up for the future i'm sure that charlotte is going to be one that wants to get involved in this in some way shape or form nashville is going to continue to want to be involved and they've got to go somewhere um that can really put on a show because there is no does anybody realize that last week the big 12 had their media days anybody realize that Last week, we, we, yeah, yeah. we spoke on talked it about briefly. It, it? Yeah, but nobody we, we, we it, it did nothing. It. Go to ESPN.com, and, and the SEC is front and center. I mean, so they're going to keep it in major markets as long as I think they're in the SEC footprint. North Carolina, technically, is not, not. in the SEC's footprint outside of the oh, fact that the SEC network is housed there. State, yeah, that's located in North Carolina, SEC network and ESPNU. And the ACC ACC Network's there as well. I may be wrong about it. Maybe the ACC Network's in Atlanta. I'm not sure. Uh, I'll ask Mike. I, don't I think, think they're so, all three JC. there. I think they're all three there. Yeah, I think it's Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. Are you sure? Because like, Kelsey Riggs, I know Kelsey's from here. She's from James Island. And she's one of the main hosts for the ACC Network. But she is she lives in Bristol. I thought they were doing the ACC net, uh, Network out of mm. Bristol. That may be the case, yeah. Because the guy that there's a guy that got fired, or with this, or laid off. Sorry, not mean to say fired, but uh, he was an ACC Network basketball guy, and I think he was in Bristol too. Yeah, so you may be right about that. You may be. It right is it. That. It does. It originates in Bristol at ESPN's headquarters, That's what and I thought. there oh. are some programming and staff in Charlotte. Yeah, that's what I yeah. figured. Um, Thank you, Phil. Then, mm-hmm. Well done, Phil. Mad Dog Google. He's on top of it, sir. MDG twenty twenty, baby. Yeah, yeah. I, right. I was pretty sure that's that they were up there. I look. I personally, I, I, I like. I hate Atlanta, and I, I, I really don't. If we're traveling to this in the future, which you know we we initially thought we might have some plans to do it this year, I, I don't want to go to Atlanta. It's a pain to get in and out of Atlanta. Everything sucks. Nashville is a little bit easier. Um you know, Dallas is, uh, you know, it's going to be a Jerry world, right? And so yeah, supposedly it's I mean, a big, it's going to be a show sprawling convention. I mean, it's no, they said at the, uh, the Omni hotel in Dallas. 
which is what I keep Jerry. Yeah, right? which I think is right next to it. Yeah, so it's yeah. like it's might yeah, as well that, be there. Our oldest was the national or war, sorry, the world robotics team championships mm-hmm. uh, in Dallas, and Nat flew down there, and uh, I think it was at the Omni. I think so. Yeah, but I agree anyway. with Quantrell. They need to do it here in Greenville. Greenville has everything that Birmingham does. Yeah, it, uh, and, and then then some. I mean, would you rather hang out right, yeah. downtown Greenville <laughs> or at the Hoover Greenville. at no the doubt. Hoover Mall there? You know, the, this city that, will shut streets down if you want to throw a concert and drink in the streets. That's the one thing I do appreciate Greenville about. Yeah, there's no that, question. Uh, yeah, the city will shut down here to do yeah, whatever you want to do. <laughs> you know, I, I almost I, you can't do it, but it would be really unique if you could find a way to rotate it every year to a different representative of of your league. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are just some places that can't handle that, you, you know, and, uh, I, I mean, you're, look, it's going to be less hotel rooms than when you have an opposing team coming to town. Like if you've ever been to Oxford, you don't stay in Oxford. You can't, there's no hotel rooms there unless you have a thousand dollars a night. And I don't, uh, so you yeah. have to stay somewhere else. Uh, you know, the media days is bringing a few hundred people. It's not bringing a few thousand, but, I mean, so I think it would be neat because it would be able to showcase all of the different campuses in the league. But they're not going to do that because they're going to bid it out. It's a moneymaker for the SEC. And then I don't think it's a it, – it's almost like people are scared of Texas. Oh, my God, they're here. Well, now now they get media days. What are they going to get next? Who cares? None of you are going. You're just watching it on TV. Who gives a damn? You know, they're not sending it to Portland. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> – it's not. It's, it's not in L.A. I mean, it's you know, it's Dallas, Texas. There's that's still going to be part of the SEC footprints. I'm yeah. You mentioned the Big Twelve. I was reading the pack. The Pac-12 is having a media day. Oh, they don't do it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, we we used to have, at uh, rivals in twenty four seven. We used to staff all of them, right? You know, we mm-hmm. send. Mm-hmm. Um, rep- it's just something, something our management at the time sort of believed in, and and you know, so we'd send. Folks to Birmingham. Uh, the ACC one at the time was pretty sweet. It was at the, in Greensboro, and it was just a big golf tournament, or I mean, a big <laughs> golf outing, basically at that whatever that Reynolds Plantation or whatever is. So that was the choice trip, and then the Big East was alive at the time, and they'd have theirs up in Rhode Island. Yeah, but that <laughs> Good was luck getting there. That, that was SEC yeah. or that was Big East Media Hour. Yeah, it was it was longer than the Pac-12s though. It lasted two days. Right. Big Twelve, <laughs> usually in Dallas. You know, Big Ten in Chicago, obviously. But uh, Pac-12, well, they do it. They get it in L.A. You know. Yeah, and they, with the ACC, they just guys went to multiple days. Remember, they used they to do one day, mm-hmm. and well, they did. You know, they they've. But again, I I mean I, I'm not trying to say this like I'm not trying to be derogatory. I'm trying to fire shots. There is no media event like the SEC. It's just, it's not close. It's not going to be close. Uh, they're going to continue to just pump this event. And I mean, they added a concert this year with Midland. I don't even know if they ended up playing it because of the weather. But I, I mean, if you had one in Nashville, I'm assuming somewhere in Dallas, Texas, Jerry Jones is going. You know what? I think we'll have. Um, you know, I don't know. Let's uh, let's let's get. You know, Guns and Roses out here, or something like that. I mean, he'll Sweet. try to do it. I'm there, yeah, right? Yeah, the best you can do. <laughs> hey, so, um, we'd be sure yeah, to we return were, that. <laughs> on seven five, we were talking about this. What we could do to make the make the uh, SEC Media Days fan friendly, and I borrowed an idea from you, JB. Oh, Uh-oh. have a cornhole tournament. 
<laughs> with the top cornhole teams from all 16 schools. Yeah. And award a champion. I mean, like the Dr. Pepper Collegiate. And, and and that gives the fans that show up. Okay, so if you get a concert, great. Good idea. Otherwise, you're just kind of waiting on the day your coach walks through the lobby. It's like 10 seconds of greatness because you can't really go anywhere else. Add a concert. Add a cornhole tournament. Add some fan fest kind of things where people mm-hmm. are walking around. Uh, maybe some carnival, carnival rides, although – they're breaking down at an epic pace this summer. Yeah. Uh, something, yeah, something to make it kind of like festival like. You'll get a gigantic crowd. People start Good like the, the. Hey, another guy, uh, Jan Bennett, actually was listening to that show. And said like a like a barbecue cookoff or a chili con carnival, if you will, from the different schools. Like all sixteen have a winner, and then they, they go cook off. And you're like, I give it. When Sooners didn't win the Big CC this year, but we sure as hell won the barbecue cookoff, didn't we? Boomer Sooner, baby. Woo! <laughs> Boy, that would be awesome. Vandy would be like, well, we won the Cornell tournament. <laughs> Just shut up. <laughs> shut up. Yeah. Shut up. I, I, mean, I don't know that you're far off of that. I, I, I think they're going to continue to find ways to do things like this. People are People are ready. For college yeah. football, you know, and uh, if they can get fans yeah. there, yeah, I think make it. Hey, hey look, and you got to remember event. something about this too. Like these coaches aren't like JC and Phil and myself and every other media guy in town. They ain't just sitting around watching this all week. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of you real. There's only one coach, that's, and he probably isn't even doing it either. That actually spends the large majority of the week in the t- in Nashville. That's Clark Lee because he lives there. You know, oh, they it, fly it, in and out. They're in yeah. and out. They're coming from vacation. I mean, I can tell you that. I mean, I sp- spent time with one of those coaches in the SEC yesterday, and yeah. and he, you know, he was just in Texas for a coaches' convention, and then he flew back for something else, and now he's on vacation, and then he's flying literally that morning in, doing the media stuff, flying back out, going back on vacation, and then going back home. So these guys are yeah. literally interrupting vacation to fly in day of and yeah. then fly right back out and continue vacation. Coach Spurrier would be like, oh, shoot, I've got to go fly to, he didn't go to the condo in Crescent Beach. I'm, shoot, I'm floating in the ocean. I'm going talking Birmingham. Wow. Talking season. Face time. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, it's, uh, it, yeah, it is, it is in the middle of vacation time right now. And, uh, uh, everybody's kind of spread out everywhere, except Saban, who I think probably demanded that he took his vacation to Italy to where it didn't interfere with anything. Uh, do you hear him talking about that? I also found no. out some interesting facts about Brian Nick Kelly. Saban. Yeah, Brian Kelly, I heard, flew Brian in from Kelly. Europe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was in oh, Lake yeah. Como. Lake Como. Well, well, Saban went over there, like, because there were pictures of him, because Alabama fans stalked him uh, oh. about a month ago. So so oh. he, he it was his wife's 50th anniversary. I found out some interesting facts about Nick Saban today we may not know. Saban facts, facts, yeah. facts. He's a great interview, by the way. I love Nick Saban. I'm going to make you pledge allegiance to Nick. But um, so his favorite cake is carrot cake. Carrot As cake. maybe yeah. mine is. I, I'm a big carrot cake really? fan. I, I, I like okay. it. I like the carrot cake. Uh, maybe more so than some other cakes, to be honest. And he doesn't listen to music pregame, but postgame he rocks out to "Gimme Shelter" by the Rolling Stones. Okay, <laughs> which right. I think is kind of badass. To me, well if you want to get Nick. down to it, if you want to get down to it, uh, Nick, Nick, Coach Nick, save it after a game, and they usually win in there, cranking up the jukebox from the eighties. 
I need to call Miss Terry and find out if this thing works <laughs> with a CD player. It's just a shadow. It's just a- yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I a- love that song. By the way, that's like, yeah. that song's in every Martin Scorsese movie. If you know, <laughs> he does like that song. He, he does it. use that song a lot. <laughs> That's great. Carrot cake, though, for me, that's merely a vehicle for the cream cheese icing. Yeah. That makes it. For me, I I like carrot cake. Yeah, I'm more of a a cheesecake guy than like an actual cake guy, but um, but I hear you. I like carrot cake. I consider cheesecake a pie. Do you? Mm. But I love love it. I'm probably just just trying to have two top cakes. No, so I put no, no, making room. no, that's fair. That's fair. And I'll tell you what, my, my wife's signature item is pumpkin pie cheesecake. So there you go. That's okay. Ooh, it it, it really is fan. Like she could sell it for probably $20 a pie. and she, <laughs> we, We'd be billionaires. It's unbelievable. Um, but I, I, okay. That's, that's fair. That's a fair comment. And, and I'll, that's noted that will go into my uh, book of future arguments. For the month of June, <laughs> Jamie Bradford's <laughs> book of future arguments available yeah. now on Amazon. <laughs> That's right. Well done. <laughs> book of right. arguments. It, it is eleven twenty-four a.m. on this Wednesday, July the nineteenth, as we are uh, almost really technically getting near the end of SEC Media Days. We do have a couple of little nuggets to fuss and discuss there at the top of the noon hour. Chase Belt with Park Avenue. She will join us to. Tell us about their role in NIL with Gamecock Athletics. And then Jordan Hill with Dogs247.com. Uh, Kirby Smart did meet with the media yesterday, and they are once again going to be predicted to win pretty much everything out there. So we'll get his thoughts on the summer dogs before we get into preseason practice for Georgia football. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show, it is built by the Barn Co. and painted Garnet and black by a couple of painters. Tristan still is a wonderful, hardworking man, and his company is elite, and they have the best prices in two states, Georgia and South Carolina. Let me paint something.com. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. You hear me and see me every day here on Inside the Gamecocks, and it would be an honor to earn your business. I've been around real estate my entire life as it's somewhat of a family business. I work with an elite team of experts from loans to insurance to closing, and they make my clients and my life very easy. It really is elite. Coast to Coast Realty SC 
Gamecock.com is where you can find our staff, and you can always reach out to me here as well. Go Gamecocks. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nana'sPorch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. SEC Media Days, official start of football season for me. Well, the unofficial, you know, obviously, you see what I'm saying. But first hour of the show, welcome back to the show, everybody. Brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call at 864-414-5271 for all your upstate residential real estate needs. Can I can I give a quick recommendation real quick? And then, we'll JC, uh, give us a quick update as well on, um, on uh, some of the recruiting stuff that we have uh, read over the last couple of days. But I, j- just a, this is just a quick, uh, this will help your overall health for everybody out there. Any, next time you're in, if you're not, if you don't live in Columbia, if you do live in Columbia, actually, because you probably don't do it either. But if you don't, next time you're in town, go park and just take a walk around campus. If you went to South Carolina like I did, it is like the most, peaceful thing on the planet to walk or just walk around and look at all the things that you never actually saw while you were in school because you rarely attended any classes um oh i i didn't even know this building existed the sciences building what the hell is that uh, but no i'm serious who would have thought you know science I'll, I'll john brown they've got a math department here this is incredible stuff uh no, but it really is such a peaceful thing to to just. I do it every every summer. I go up there. We'll go up for you know either the regionals or we take the kids now to the zoo. And I get up early one morning when no one's out and just walk campus. It is really a peaceful thing. So you, just because of that video we play, we we do have a beautiful campus in South Carolina, regardless of what other people try to tell everybody, and they've never been there. Uh, it's it's a it's a wonderful place. 
It's and it's yeah, gone. So from the time from nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, from nineteen ninety nine until now. I mean, it's come. It's, the whole downtown's really transformed, and uh, we can all look forward to more transformation coming up. That's coming. The eleven yeah. eleven ten project. So, oh, I thought it was the thirteen twelve, but either way, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Anyway, uh yeah, so that's uh that's cool uh, with that. Also uh wanted to give a quick shout out before my little recruiting update here uh to our friends at Badger Custom Grips. If you're a pistol owner, check oh. them out. Yeah, I know we got some gun owners uh out there. Uh they make these beautiful uh customized grips um for your pistol. It's badgercustomgrips.com. This is a Gamecock-owned and operated business. This is a Carolina Rise Rise a 500 business supporter. Um, and so I felt like giving them a shout-out because businesses where we kind of, uh, I guess, you know, focus on your needs. If you There's a theme with all our advertisers. With the, it's like specific needs. Uh, gun owners like to customize their, their guns, right? So uh, yeah. it's for pistol people only. I don't think they do shotguns or anything like that, but – Go to BadgerCustomGrips.com and check them out. Uh, and if you put in the code RISE, you get a little discount. So that's good. Fantastic. Badger Custom. So anyway. Badger Custom Grips. Badger Custom Grips. Wanted to just mention them before, you know, the sponsored this recruiting segment. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I just wanted to give them a shout out. Uh, <laughs> Craig walked around greens. Yeah, well, well we, all love greens. we all yeah, did that. We all that's... did that. A drink is a drink. Hats off uh, to Greens, by the way, though for they they had a really uh, they had a really stringent ID process, and I know they still do. So I give them credit for doing it, you know, the right way and making me go around the corner before I turned twenty one to the little little Indian guy at the the USC Mart down by the Sarge. Oh yeah, uh, Mister Williams. Oh yeah, that's me. That's right. Yeah, Mr. Williams. That's me. Yeah. I cussed that guy out after the Vanderbilt loss in ninety nine. <laughs> no. I wonder if he remembers your, me. Your ID says you're six two. Well, I was once, but it, you know, it's oh okay. I had a Scottish Heritage Society ID with my birthday on it. It said Scottish Heritage Society, it had a picture and it just had my birthday. I I had a uh, and it worked twenty five percent of the time. Hey, I here. This is this is the only time I got busted with a fake ID. It happened one time, and I learned quickly. I better figure it out. I was a freshman in Spartanburg at SMC before I went to Carolina, and I walked in with a couple of my teammates, slapped my new ID up on the counter, and the guy walked around. and I thought, well, I didn't know where he was going. Grabbed me by the neck, and he kicked me out the door and said he'd call the cops if I walked back in. And I asked him if I could have my ID back, and he threw it out the door at me. He gave it to me. He threw it at me. And he said, the Grand Canyon isn't in Colorado, you idiot. <laughs> the back <laughs> of my Colorado ID had the Grand Canyon. Nice. Was this uh, Magnolia Street Pub, the new was way? A- <laughs> <laughs> or some little beer mark. No, you know, man, you I don't get reported in either one of those. That was my, I mean, I never carried a, a, a fake ID. I just, you know, your hair starts thinning in your late teens. Yeah. And then you hang out with people who have, you know, regular places already uh, worked fairly well. Yeah, <laughs> I am McLovin. Uh, McLovin. <laughs> All right, so the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I love it. I couldn't believe I love that, that so much. 
I'm usually better than that. That was a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Um, anyway, so, so like, you know, yesterday everybody was kind of in a bad mood because you kept seeing uh, uh, recruiter, recruiting news that was not favorable, or at least on the service to the Gamecocks. Um, so, obviously, my job is to be guided by the, the reality and not kind of the what's out there. Um, and, and I'll say this, uh, you know, it, it's probably – yesterday was probably not a what you would call a stellar day because uh, you had Jalua Solomon. Who's, and it, it, it's all tied to coming to the cookout because Jalua Solomon was supposed to come to the cookout. Well, now he's going to go to Auburn. Um, it's kind of, it's interesting. I find it interesting because I think the Gamecocks in Florida state were the ones battling it out. His brother does go to Auburn, but, um, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is there. Uh, it was a Florida state outlet that broke the news. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Daniel Hill, probably not going to the cookout. Uh, Jonathan Paler, not coming to the cookout. Uh, and so I don't know. You know, uh, I will say there there are in a, different levels of NIL situations involved with this, but then there's not at the same time. I don't want I don't want to sit there and go. This is strictly a money thing. It is in some of the cases, and it isn't in others. And I'm not going to really get into all. I'll get into that after the fact. But uh, it's um you know there's a chance Carolina rebounds and signs three of these four guys or all four or half of them. Uh, I think. You know, everything's still status quo with Dylan Stewart, but when you go through kind of a period like this, uh, and, and and people may say I'm changing my tone a little bit about it, and I am, and that's because of the, the new information, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I kind of felt like people were just getting antsy if they finished with these, the summer with these four guys. That's They're still a top ten recruiting class. That's a bunch of blue chippers from different states and a, and a five-star DN. I mean, why would you not? like that, but it is getting a little rocky out there on the ocean, uh, per my contacts. And so, like I said, hang on to your hats and we'll see kind of what happens. Um, you know, I think part of this honestly is just big boy recruiting. Uh, part of it is NIL and part of it is sometimes you get beat and you just get beat. And, and sometimes you get beat by a school that you probably shouldn't get beat by. And uh, I think all three of those factors are in play uh, at this point. So, um, but look, man, I've covered many, many, many South Carolina recruiting classes. And there's been times where it's looked like if the Gamecocks are in this situation, like sitting on the big four, the big four targets, right? Big four. And I've seen it to where it looks like Carolina's going to sweep them all. They rarely do. I've seen it to where it looks like they're all going elsewhere. They rarely do. It's usually somewhere in between. Uh, you know, and I understand those that say, well, to elevate the program, you can't recruit like you always have, right? You got to start sweeping them. And I agree with that too. Um, but this is one moment in time, one class, one phase of this recruiting cycle. Um, it could easily be that, you know, Wendell Gregory, Michael Smith, Josiah Thompson, and Cam Pringle were all deciding during this time period and then everybody would be fired up and happy. Um, but I, I wanted to level with you guys a little bit because I was defensive about it yesterday just because – you know, you, you don't you don't contact contacts every day. Hey, if anything's changing, I mean, that would mean I would have no contacts. So I'd be the most annoying person on the in the planet. <laughs> you know, there are people out there like that. Say Not that me. Person exists. You know? There are a lot of those. And and, and, and look, it served me well. Uh, but you know, yesterday, 
you know, some of those things that happen because usually what you do is you just, you know, kind of stick with the info from your contacts and ignore the noise because kids make decisions and put stuff on social media, you know, I mean, just like with North Carolina the other day, you know, and, and Ziggler, there was smoke out there that, Oh yeah, he would pick Carolina, but you kind of, you just got to ignore that. And so that's what I was doing. But then in checking back, uh, I don't know that it was a, the best day, uh, day of work in the long football operations center, those that were there. Uh, and uh, so they got some work to do. And uh, like I said, this is a, uh, I don't want to say it's a five alarm fire or, you know, reason for panic. Cause it's not, but you know, the, the ship is going to, uh, the storm, the ship's going to get a little rocky, but you know what? It also got rocky the morning of signing day and it turned out right. So, this is, you know, again, a part of this, along with everything else, is it's just big boy recruiting. It just happens. So there you go. I, I, I've got a quick question on that, too. I, I know that there is a dead period that is in place, right? Um, yeah, it opens then, back up. But then it opens up briefly, and then it closes once again, correct? Right. Yeah, I think it closes okay. up in early August or okay. gets back to at least the, quiet. Yeah, the 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 period it, it's 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 very small. So anybody that is planning to uh, potentially make a commitment uh, before the football season and wants to make sure they've checked all the boxes off, maybe specifically of some schools that are behind a school or two that they have been to a lot. Um, you know, where they're a little bit more comfortable. Maybe they have a top one or a top two, but then that three and four, you know, they're still being contacted nonstop, but you only have a certain number of days to, to maybe give that program one more chance. Could that be where we are with maybe a prospect or two in this, in this instance? Cause I, I understand this is happening in other places as well. I think maybe with Daniel Hill, that, that, that could be, you know, cause I, I think South Carolina from, Everything he said, you know, they're ready to jump up on board. But you know, there's one member of his family that's, you know, prefers Alabama. Uh, which, which look, I'm not mad at that member of his family. You know, dude's from Mississippi. Know, it's Alabama. I mean, why, why would you? You know, yeah. I'm not nothing against Carolina, and uh, you know, I probably wouldn't stop my kid from going someplace else. But I, I, I can't say that I would not be in favor of Alabama. It's closer, et cetera. But. Uh, that's a, that's a, you know it, these parental things where one parent thinks one and one thinks the other. It, it's it's very interesting because you almost got to dig into like family dynamics. Like who wears who? In other words, who wears the pants? Is it mama or is it daddy? Who wears the pants in the house? And you never know. Most of the time is mama. Most of the time it's mama. Uh, with Paler, I think it's just a back and forth thing, uh, primarily concerning nil opportunities. Uh, at NC State, um, you know, I was, I was talking to Keith the other day, uh, who is friends with a parent of a, of a recruit for NC State, and they said that and they didn't pick NC State because of NIL, but they said that of the North Carolina schools they visited, UNC, Wake, Duke State, ECU, that NC State had the best, most forward, forward NIL deal, and so that's kind of what's got him there. Um, with, uh, DeLewis Solomon, who knows, uh, my gut there is maybe we're all wrong and Florida state North Carolina gets him. And he, I didn't know his brother went to Auburn. I mean, I, I think I did know that. And I just, Auburn wow. hasn't been mentioned. I mean, it's been Carolina, Florida state, uh, but they really need to get him back on campus. I, I've, I've been told that it's not a 
foregone conclusion that he doesn't change his mind again and come back. They love that guy, though. And they think – I don't know why 24-7 sports has him as a high three-star. Uh, but that's okay because they had J.C. Horn as a high three-star as well. Um, yeah. I, I I think that uh, – I mean, he, he, they think he's a guy that's a three-year in pro. South Carolina. That, that's how highly that staff thinks of Jalua Solomon. So um, we'll see what the deal is there. Keith says it's Keenan Jackson. He chose UNC. Sorry about that. I thought he'd gone to state. But that's uh, that was Keith's guy. He, his parents said said that about that. So anyway, you know, what, what, like I said, just kind of Quantrell's getting beat by Dave Dorn has to be the worst. I agree. Yeah, I agree, man. Ask Dabo in 2021 how that feels <laughs> on, on the field. Um, yeah, at least it's not on the field. That's the, hey, the last time South Carolina beat a team that was coached in some way by Eli Drinkwitz, Dave Dorn was the head coach of the other team. Mm-hmm. The 2017 Carolina NC State. Drink had, Drink did have, they had 504 yards that day. Carolina had 226. Yeah. Big guys won. 35, 28. Yep. I was there. I was there. It was a, a blast was. that day. Yeah, great day. So, anyway, that's uh, that's the recruit. You've got to go kind of old school sports talk. That's tonight's recruiting report. Uh, <laughs> and, again, go check out uh, Badger. What is it? BadgerCustomGrips.com. Yeah. BadgerCustomGrips.com. Phil, maybe maybe throw that in the, yeah, let me, uh, in the let chat me box for everybody. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we'll figure that out here in a second. So that, that's it. And like I said, um, got to get rough, got to get rocky, got to be interesting. No guarantees. Full hearts, clear minds. What, what was the was the thing for Friday Night Lights? Yeah. Oh, I can't, can't lose. That quote. I can't yeah. either. Yeah. I love all y'all. <laughs> Hike, you know, in the Astrodome there. I'm talking about the movie. You know, so that's the deal there. All right. It is 11.45. Time for our final timeout of hour number one. We are, are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey, folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring to you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox! You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. back everybody final segment of the first hour of the show today let's see i haven't hey, heard I, anything from today's media days uh, no nah, not much make any news no nah, saban didn't make any news Pittman is speaking now uh yeah. and um nick by the way at the end of nick's presser he uh he spent about a minute thanking the media which was uh very unlike nick but um that was that was pretty pretty neat of him to do so i mentioned a minute ago uh uh, I know Coach Beamer was in Texas on su- on Sunday speaking with the Texas High School Coaches Association. He was there. He was this year's um, guest speaker, which that's 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 uh, think about all the coaches that they could choose. They chose Shane Beamer. Well, that's quite an honor uh, to go speak with um, as many high school coaches, head coaches, and assistants, I guess, as can attend that event in uh, the Lone Star State. But one of the things that the Big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark, uh, said last week at Big 12 Media Days is that the conference has been exploring playing on Thursday and Friday nights as part of a a new television deal. And the Texas high school coaches community said, well, no, 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 hold on just a second here. Um well, you're, you're, you're planning on doing what? We all know how big high school football is in Texas on Friday nights. These towns, they, 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 they shut down. They clear out. They go, they go watch their teams play. We just, we were just referencing a movie that was uh, built around that. But, um, the, the executive director, Joe Martin of the Texas High School Coaches Association said, quote, Texas is different. I don't know if you guys have ever traveled outside the state or had anything to do with any other program outside the state. We're different. Our community still go and support our teams. The more and more any football is out there on Friday nights, college, NFL, we're opposed to that. Our association will be very vocal about the way that we look upon it. Now, earlier this year, the Big 12 announced that six-year extension with ESPN and Fox. That was a $2 billion deal, but the – Last week at Media Days, your mark did say that placing games on Friday night would help the league, quote, build their profile in a less saturated TV window. And there's more in this column. But I'll, I know we only have about seven or eight minutes left here in this se- in this segment. I have not done my homework on TV ratings on Friday nights, and I would also venture a guess that those TV ratings would be reflective of the games that are actually being played 
Um, you know, so if you have, you know, Syracuse and Boston College on a Friday night, although the ACC expanded to grab those TV networks, that's probably not going to be a game on the ACC network that's going to capture the hearts and souls of America. But if you on Friday night are, which they're not going to be there anymore, but, you know, Texas and Oklahoma State, I would venture a guess that that is going to draw eyeballs. The flip side of that is what is when you get down to the brass tacks of this deal, he, he does have a point to be made. While in the ACC, you can get away with some of this stuff you're not going to get away with that in Texas. There are going to be plenty of people who are going to be very frustrated with that, and I'm anxious to see if it causes a, any type of divide with the high school association, who, by the way, is very, very powerful over there. Don't piss them off. That, that's, rule, that's rule number one. If you're coaching and planning on doing anything in Texas, don't piss the high school coaches off. No. I mean, they – I mean, they're not, they're, and they're actually a bunch of good guys. Mm-hmm. Every high school coach I've ever met from Texas, the, the ones, that, even the ones that like win big, uh, like the guy that coaches at Texas Tech now, McGuire, one of the best people I've ever met. I uh, worked with him. He coached Des Bryant in high school, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. they brought Des Bryant down for this all star game at Fort Lauderdale we had. That was the same year uh, Steven Garcia and Cam Newton were our quarterbacks in this offense, defense bowl, or whatever. Super dude. I mean, they're all a bunch of good guys, but don't piss them off. I mean, they don't they, they bleed Texas, and and that, that's that's the way it is in Texas, and that's the way it's going to be in Texas. And you know, you want to be remanded to Conference USA level when you're feeding from the recruiting trough in Texas. Piss them off a lot and see what happens. Uh, and and you know, and I don't think Baylor and uh, even Oklahoma schools that have to recruit all the schools have to recruit that state. They're not going to be. They're going to be against this. I, I think there's a there's an there's a simple solution. Just play on Thursdays, man. I mean, you don't have to play on Fridays. That's usually reserved for, as JB mentioned, Syracuse and Boston College. You know, and and, and it's funny how the ACC, like they don't, you know, they'll then they'll make Clemson rotate on sometime, and they'll make Florida State rotate on sometimes, but it's usually against one of the schools where. I mean, you don't even see Pitt hardly on a Friday night because of high school football in Western Pennsylvania. I mean, it, it's they're, they're kind of sneaky with how they do it, uh, or it's like a Wake Forest where nobody cares, you know, or Georgia Tech, which has well, to play on odd nights to even get a crowd. You know, I Phil, I think JC said the R word a minute ago. Recruiting, if you if you, I mean, for God's sakes, Kirby Smart wants to end the game in Jacksonville because he's losing a recruiting weekend. Like Georgia needs another one. I mean, but if you are a Baylor or a TCU who's just in the playoff and, and your coaches aren't able to go out and recruit on Friday nights, I think mm. I, I think there's going to be more pushback. Now, money generally wins out. That's been proven. And this is a $2 billion television deal <laughs> with the Big 12. I, I if First of all, let me ask this question, both of you. Are you in favor of college football on Friday nights, yes or no? No, no. And I think, you know, okay. to further your point no. yep. earlier is I mean, they don't only lose the recruiting ability at the high school level on a Friday night, but you're also giving up the unofficial opportunity the mm-hmm. following day. So it's a double hit for te- teams, you know, at that I, time because you're losing your Friday and you're losing your Saturday because kids that are playing in games on Friday aren't going to be able to come to your stadium on Saturday. Because well, you're playing on Friday at the same time. 
I don't think it's appropriate for power five schools at all. Okay. There you go. Now that's yeah. where I was yeah. going with this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that, that, I'm with you because I, uh, we've had this, we, Darren and I used to talk about this all the time and we were in agreement with it uh, on this whole, with JB and Goldwater because we both live in a town. I'm a power five guy. You know that you know, being a Gamecock, but we both live in a town where, the, where, um, the Citadel and Charleston Southern are going to be struggling to survive probably before long because they're going to start losing out on major power five contracts to play college football games and help fund their entire athletic departments, the D two stuff. And the, that that's going to start slipping through the cracks. If you go to nine game league schedules, which I I'm fully convinced at some point in time, everybody's going to pretty much be doing that at that level. And, and, and I've mentioned this before, like if you're the SOCON um, or, you know, if you are whatever, I don't know if it's a summit league or whatever that South Dakota state plays in, that that that's a TV contract. Those aren't going to be worth hundred million, four hundred million, five hundred million deals. Th- those are going to be TV contracts that the, that Disney or whoever can slip into at a low cost just for exposure for these leagues and help put more money in their bank accounts and keep them afloat as they lose Power Five games. So while I'm against, really, I'm against college football on Friday nights. If it's something that TV networks are exploring doing financially they they probably can get away with a little bit of a steal by going to a league that could use the money and will be willing to give up a Friday night or two uh, throughout the season to get that exposure do you think uh, you're you're muted Phil do you think that JC got tired of our conversation I was gonna say yeah I'm like okay bye JC that's <laughs> all right yeah. yeah he doesn't want to talk about this no you're right I, I mean it just uh, it's going to be interesting over the next, let's say, five years to see mm-hmm. how many of these, you know, former like D2 programs are going to end up just folding, you know, for not having any, you know, for, well, here they are. I mean, like you said, you're having to now compete with, you know, on TV with the big six. And then, I, I don't know. I don't know. It just, it, it doesn't leave any growth opportunities for them and then accompanied with the nine game schedules because you're not going to, I don't know. It all depends on what your theory is on the nine game schedule though. And it's also like, I don't think they'll necessarily cut out, you know, the two, you know, say local schools that you play, if you will. Well, I think they will. I think that, I think that a lot of that's going to go and I'll tell you why, because you're going to a 12 team playoff. And and you're 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 about to bring uh, a lot yeah, more teams. Resume, into the, yeah, 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 yeah. You're bringing a lot more into this conversation now. You're not just going to have five teams a year, six teams maybe. You know, you're, you're going. You're going to get. You're you're going to have your top. What do you think? Well, you're going to have six, and then and then you're going to have six at large, basically. So yeah, uh, you're gonna you're going to essentially twelve to fifteen teams a year that are at some point in time going to feel like they have an an argument. But if if you're ten and two with a win over Furman and I don't know, you know, come up with somebody else, East Tennessee yeah, State else. or something yeah, like right, that. Yeah. Akron, <laughs> you know, and then the team next to you is ten and two and they've got a win over NC State and you know, bowling green, Akron and Bowling Green are gonna cancel out Furman and NC State, you know, so it's I, I think I think uh, I think you're going to get a lot of that kind of going away, and and I hate it. I hate it for those schools, 
But then, and we we, we got to go because we got to get a break here. But I'll, I'll I'll finish with this. Not just them either, but the group of five. Like Wyoming can play on a Friday night. Th- they need the money. Like they need the money. Giving up a recruiting wicket, they need the money. You know, Boise State can even play, can play on a Friday. Night. They still need the money. Fresno State, like those type programs, they need the money. Um, so you know, I I I can see where that's coming in. The Big Twelve. I think that's I think that's idiotic for them to try to to go play on Friday nights, maybe outside of once a year or something like that for some big kickoff weekend or whatever it may be. But I digress because nobody asked me any of these questions. So, all right, let's let's hit a timeout. We'll try to find JC in that time. When we return, Chase Belt, she will join us from Park Avenue. Park Avenue, of course, is wheeling and dealing for the athletes at the University of South Carolina. We'll. Have her answer our NIL questions right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS Welcome back, everybody. Second hour of the show coming at you. We've just sorry, I've been doing some stuff in the background here, but we have Chase with us. I'm going to bring her in now. Yep, welcome All back. right. Good afternoon, Chase. How are you? Good. I'm good. How are y'all? Hey. All right. So I, I had to do some research on you. Oh, let's hear it. What'd you find? Tell us where you went. Tell us where you went to college. 
I went to Alabama, actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> Born and raised from Birmingham. My dad went to Alabama. I, all three of my brothers actually went to Alabama as well. So we are a worldwide family, but South Carolina was never really in the picture back then. So now, you know, it's whatever. Well, they are now, aren't they? Yeah, it's they uh... are. Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, uh, Alabama is a wonderful campus. It's a neat place. And I have spent time at the Houndstooth. Oh, good. Yeah, it's a, it's it's hard to get out of there, you know. But you After do, a game, it's the worst place on earth to get out yeah, of. Until you make you it try out, to get back on 20, oh, man, you may as well just stay. So, yeah. Yeah, we all love Alabama here. It's uh, silently. We all have respect for it. So I've got a bunch of Bama friends and stuff and, and certainly love that program. So Park Avenue, uh, I guess rumors of its demise have been greatly exaggerated. Uh, back up and running, Chase, uh, uh, with a new partnership that I know a lot about. And uh, I'll let you take that uh, from here, uh, you know, with Carolina Rise now uh, in, in partnership, uh, a business agreement with uh, Park Avenue. And uh, I guess we're now moving forward. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'll explain a little background, I guess, like you said, rumors of demise, rumors of what is Park Avenue exactly. Uh, so Park Avenue is a subsidiary of ESM, our parent company, actually, this side behind me. Um, which is primarily sports marketing representation for NFL. And then once NIL came into the picture, college athletes as well. So we represent athletes like Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, the Cavaliers ones down in Miami, Brock Bowers, Nick Chubb, a bunch of others. And then when NIL came into the picture, since we are locally based, that's how we got into conversation about coming on to help the University of South Carolina. But what does that look like? Um, there was never anything before like Park Avenue, and I still don't think there's anything else like it out there because it's hard to replicate. It's hard to bring something like this on. But what is that? Park Avenue is free, non-exclusive sports marketing representation for college athletes. So what that means, if someone listening doesn't know exactly how a sports agent works, is typically a sports agent is going to take a fee of all of your deals. So that's typically around 20%. So let's say an athlete makes, this is going to be just random, but a million dollars in deals for a year. One of our athletes makes a million dollars. Um, a sports marketing agent is going to take 200,000 of that. They're going to take 20%. That's how they make their cut. Um, but what is unique about Park Avenue is that we take no fees from the athletes. So a South Carolina athlete that does all of their representation through us, they make a million dollars. They take home a million dollars. Um, so it's really unique. In that sense, and I think it provides a really big recruiting advantage for the University of South Carolina because you can go here and every dollar you make is going to go to your bank account and not to anyone else. So there's a lot that goes into that, but that is a broad overview of who we are, what we do, and why we definitely have not gone down in demise at all. Chase. Walk us, uh, take us through um, your your experience for a minute. Put us in your shoes over the last, I don't know what, year or so, uh, where when Park Avenue really was kind of getting going and then, of course, had to jump and clear some hurdles and now to where you are now. I- internally, what was your team focused on? Uh, and and did, you, did you feel like you've achieved those goals to get where you are today? Yeah, for sure. I think, honestly, so like you said, we started out strong. I would say it was like end of August, early September last year and started Park Avenue, like I mentioned, something had never been done before. So 
we were working through what does that look like? How do we get going? How do we build the connections? Because as NFL marketing agents, we have a lot of connections in the industry in general, in brands. But then it comes down to locally, too. That was something we had never really tackled before. Local South Carolina, Columbia, Gamecock fans. So we were jumping through all of that, making all the connections, trying to get out and about and meet people and understand the local scene and what brands would be interested in partnering, who wanted to support. And then, like you mentioned, and I think it was October, the NCAA came out with a new policy that kind of hindered us from working anymore. So we had to take a month or two off where we couldn't do anything. We didn't want to get anyone in trouble. Um, and then got to come back. So there's been a lot of up and down. Like our wave has been very much like this since we started. Um, yet we've still crushed it. And a lot of people don't know what's going on behind the scenes most of the time. But I mean, the amount of deals and revenue we've brought in for South Carolina athletes regardless of the ups and downs that we've had and when we could work and when we couldn't work is exceeded expectation. Um, so I think that goes to show a lot for how hard we're working on this end. I mean, our team is 17 people. Three are primarily like full on dedicated to Park Avenue. So all day, every day we are working with the South Carolina student athletes, talking to the athletes building relationships with them, understanding what, brands they want to partner with, what's important to them, and then going out and doing this exact same thing with the brand. So it's a lot of work, um, and that is my full-time job. But, yeah, I think that we've exceeded a ton of expectation and will continue to do so. And now that we have more of a name in the scene, in the school with the athletes, and then again in the local scene as well with the brands, that it's going to just go up from here. And uh, Craig asked, how does Park Avenue make its money? It's funded by the Carolina Rise, the collective. So it's real simple. Instead of the university funding it, the collective funds it. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's basically it. And, uh, of course, with all of our media partners, I think that makes a lot of sense because uh, I think, you know, every time there's a deal or, or just the general visibility and the ability to connect with fans, uh, and the collective is fan-funded, uh, you know, we can get the word out quick uh, on, on all of this. Um, Nick Harbor, uh, I noticed uh, you guys have been busy with him since he's been on campus. And uh, tell us about Nick. I mean, obviously a very marketable athlete all the way around. And uh, tell us what's been going on with him so far. Yeah, Nick's great. Um, I've talked to him and his parents, met with him multiple times. And we hit the ground running with him pretty hard. So I guess I should back up and mention that each athlete that we work with, we have a very different approach to their marketing. This is something I've talked to Nick a lot about is that we're not just going to throw you a deal just randomly out of the blue. We want to make sure it fits your personal brand and especially someone as visible as he is. There's a lot of eyes on him. There's a lot of expectation from him and he's kind of starting fresh. This is his first year in college. I know he's had eyes on him before this, but he's building his personal brand really starting now. So that's a big deal is making sure that the deals and brands he partners with are brands that are going to stay with him long-term and that makes sense for him. So for instance, he isn't interested in supplements at all. He does not want any sort of protein shakes or any deals like that. He doesn't care about things like that. So we had an offer, a really great offer from one. And he's like, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, great. Now that I know that I'm not even going to bring this to you anymore because we don't want to do something that doesn't align with your brand. Um, so he's awesome. And there's a lot of opportunity there because he's training for the Olympic trials next spring. He obviously is going to be playing football. He's starting his wide receiver. 
maybe he'll do be dual position and then he's going to be running track. So there's a lot of different opportunities that he has and just making sure that we're staying in line with his brand. I went through, we sat down and he told me all the different brands he's obsessed with, Bojangles. He has this very specific order. It's like a honey barbecue chicken sandwich sort of deal. He mixes together. Um, so he'll tell me specific things like that. And what I always tell the athletes is the better I know you, the better I can work for you. So just tell me random stuff, like the randomest thing. Like for instance, we FaceTimed right after he committed, I was FaceTiming him just to get to know him, understand. And I was like, tell me something random, like walk around your room, find something random. And he was like, Oh, I'm obsessed with cologne. And he showed me his whole cologne collection. He was like, I love your savage. It's my favorite one. And I'm like, okay, great. And I remembered seeing that there was a new cologne brand. Um, making waves in the NFL space, reached out to them, and we just announced that partnership yesterday. So he's partnering with Ovation Fragrance, which is um, made by Sean Crenshaw, all about representing men of color, having a scent that works for you, like, loves it. And so that's a big partnership, and that makes sense for him because he loves cologne. So there's a lot going on there. I have, like, a million call-it-up brands for him this week. A lot of people are interested in him just because he is very unique. Um, and he's down to do everything. He's very excited to be in Columbia. He's told me he's like, I love my teammates. I love my um, coaches. Like, I love my roommate. He's loving it so far. So I'm excited <laughs> for the future with him. So I, from what I'm understanding here is that Coach Step and the, uh, the our wide receivers coach at Carolina and uh, maybe the training staff will douse him in this cologne before he plays each and every game uh, in, a way, <laughs> in, in, in a way to uh, maybe distract defensive backs as they attempt to cover him <laughs> on the outside and then before we know it he's got you know you know those commercials where you're smelling the roses oh my god the guy's behind me oh okay yeah. so so you've mentioned some really interesting things here and, and and you're a marketing expert i've been in marketing for a long time myself you're probably much better than i am so that's we're gonna ask you the questions i'll let you give the answers um everybody not everybody that's a, that's a poor term uh chase but a lot of people think that they're marketable and they're not or they think that they're more marketable than they really are. Um, what makes a student athlete, a student athlete now, not, 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 not the pros who've been on TV for years, a, what makes a student athlete, maybe a young student athlete, whom not a lot of folks know a lot about, marketable? I think that can be answered a couple different ways. So one is obviously going to be social following. Um, we know that brands are going to be more interested typically in someone that has a larger following because that means there's going to be more eyes on their content. So I think that's one. But then on the opposite end, like I just mentioned about getting to know the athletes so I can work better for them, those little quirks or funny things that no one else knows, but they want to know. Fans want to see the personal side of the athletes. They want to see who they are off the field. So, for instance, Xavier Leggett, another receiver at South Carolina, he's awesome. And on on Instagram, you'll just see, like, his football photos. But you talk to him, and he's from Mullins. He's obsessed with ATVs. Like, he's obsessed with all things outdoors and hunting. And no one knows that. So I can use those little tidbits to go to a brand and be like, hey, no one knows this. They'll be interested in it when it comes up. Yeah, maybe he doesn't have 100,000 followers on Instagram, but people will be engaged with it because they don't know that about him. So finding those little tidbits and being able to make a story around it and not making up a story, but creating the story that fans will engage with because it's something that they didn't know before is ways that if they don't have a big following, we can still make them marketable. 
Um, so we don't want ever anyone to feel like, oh, I don't have a bunch of followers on social media. Like, I'm never going to get an NIL deal. That's not true. I actually am working with another who plays defense. His name's Bam Martin Scott. He has, I think, 2,000 followers on Instagram. We took him to the Gamecock Club event in York County. He made a really great relationship with one of the brands there, and now they have a long-term deal until March together. So it's really making sure that they get out there. They tell me about themselves. I'll like, in, literally interrogate them. They're probably like, she's asking me so many questions. But if I can find something interesting that I know people want to see, I can make a story. And then, of course, there's going to be the people with the million followers who are easier to make marketable. But I wouldn't say anyone is not marketable. If they're willing to show themselves off the field or willing to get out there and come to these events and make contacts with brands, we can always find a way to help them out. So I always want the guys to feel like they can come to me if they need help. I get messages all the time, honestly, from someone on the football team. Hey, I heard you were working on this deal. Like, help me come to Let me work on it. Tell me about yourself. Like, let's get on a call. Um, so I never want anyone to feel like they're not marketable because we can find a way to make them marketable. That's a brilliant response, and I, either one of you has a question, jump, uh, jump right in. But I, I, I love that response because I think that fans generally think, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, and I don't just mean South Carolina, I mean everywhere, Chase. Um, Spencer Rattler's marketable. Nick Harbour's marketable. Um, you know, and there's, and there's, of course, other names at South Carolina. Juice Wells is marketable. But those are the biggest names that everybody knows. But to your point... Everybody can be marketable. They might not be at the moment that they walk through that door, but once people like you do your research, get your hands on them and work with them, that's how you create a brand. And I think that's one of the great things about all of this for the University of South Carolina. Not everybody gets to do this and work with pros like Chase Belt and others in your building who bring out what these young men and young women at the University of South Carolina have in them that they don't even know about yet. Right. And I think that's another advantage of Park Avenue too is – these athletes that aren't the Spencer and the Juices of the world, they're, they would never have that opportunity to have someone free working for them that they can get my cell number if they don't already have it from one of the other athletes and text me and say, hey, I really want I want to get involved in this. How can I? Um, because if you have a small following or you don't have, you're not very marketable on the outside, you don't have an agent probably. You don't have someone that's going to fight for your behalf. But Park Avenue provides that to all South Carolina athletes to fight for them. And we're all sitting here all day, every day, strictly working for them. So I always want them to feel like they can reach out. But other universities don't have that. You have to hire your own agent, typically. Um, and that's how the agency world works. And that's why Park Avenue is so unique and so novel in this space is that we're free to all of them. And they can always reach out, ask questions. I had someone text me this morning an agreement that they got from someone randomly on Instagram. And they were like, hey, can you just review this for me really quick? So it's free, like, legal service, too, where I see this all the time. This is so random, but it just made me think about it. I see it all the time where some of these athletes, they'll have people message them on Instagram and send them agreements, and they don't even know what they're signing. And if they don't have someone to review that, then they sign it because they just believe people talk to them. And, for instance, one athlete last year, I was like, hey, send me all of your contracts that you've signed before Park Avenue was around. He sent me one. He didn't even realize he had signed a contract where he was technically in terms with this brand in perpetuity. So that could be if he goes to the league through the rest of his life. And he didn't even know he had signed that. Oh, so man. that's an advantage too is like there's brands and 
agents coming out of the woodworks just sending these guys agreements over Instagram DMs and they sign them because they don't realize. So that's another big opportunity for us to teach them. It's a lot of education. And I'm like, send me every agreement that you have because I'm not going to charge you to review it. But let me review it because I don't want you to get something that you don't realize the terms you've agreed to. That's interesting because, you know, they need an advocate, you know, in these times because these guys have never really done anything like this before. Um, Mm -hmm. On the back end, does does Park Avenue or would Park Avenue kind of help them, you know, kind of manage financially the money that's coming in, tax responsibilities, things like that? Is that part of what Park Avenue offers? So I would never say I'm a financial expert. Um, I give my advice. There's specific athletes that have had a lot of income that they didn't have before. And my biggest fear is that it's going to go not to the right places. So I give my advice, but then I also refer them out to financial, like actual financial experts. Um, if they have enough money to where it's going to be a concern that they're going to pull and I would know that to happen, I they need to hire someone. And if not, I'll give my advice. I mean, I went to college. I was a business major, so I have my little tidbits, but I would never say that is my expertise. Um, so, yeah, we'll t- we'll refer them out to people if they really need it. And if not, and don't want them to have to pay for it because it's not enough to where it's worth it, I'll talk where I think go. Obviously, like a big savings account. You need to make a Roth IRA potentially. Little things like that, but I'm not an expert in the finance world at all. <laughs> well, you know, Juice Wells, one of the things when Park Avenue was a little more off the radar, we, we did see Juice Wells had, uh, they called him the king of NIL deals. Uh, a lot of that was Park Avenue. Uh, certainly, uh, can you talk about uh, Juice as a client? Uh, obviously, his name goes a pretty long way uh, with some neat stuff. But, uh, you know, talk about Juice and kind of, because, you know, uh, he, he's a kid that just came in from James Madison. And nobody really knew who he was. And in a year, uh, it seems like he's extremely marketable thanks to, to you and his play on the field. Yeah, uh, it's funny you bring that up. Juice, I feel like, is my little brother. Um, he, like you said, came from James Madison. I think when he came to South Carolina, he had like 9,000 followers. Maybe. I mean, he was brand new. And he had a really big first game, and that was right when we got going. And so I was like, oh, this kid had a great first game. At this point, really, he hadn't even established that he was going to go by Juice. He was still kind of going by Juice and Antoine. So I reached out to a bunch of local um, smoothie places or healthy eats places and was pitching the idea of having, like, the Juice. Well, we ended up having his first partnership with Tastius, which is a Columbia-based um, healthy eats restaurant, grab-and-go type deal. We made a juice smoothie that was an LTO for a couple months during the fall. And it was a small deal, but it was the first deal he had ever done. And that's really when our relationship began. And he is so funny. I mean, his following's grown. I think he has 23,000 followers now. I handle everything for him. I handle every deal that comes in, every opportunity that comes in. Um, he gets an email. He gets, gets forwarded to me. We talk on the phone, like, I mean, some weeks, every single day. I talked to him yesterday. I'm going down to Columbia actually Friday to see him. He is one of those that really lets me handle it. And I think that's why you see that King of NIL graphic come up because when you let the experts do their work, they're going to do a good job. And he's like, yeah, Chase, you got it. It's it's all you. Um, So he's funny and he's doing so well. And I'm really excited to see where his season goes because there's a ton of 
growth opportunity here. And it goes to show that you listen and you do. Like, I even coach him on his Instagram posts, like what he should be posting, what pictures to include, what pictures maybe not to include. Uh, he has a 53-minute YouTube video dropping this week if anyone wants to watch. But it'll be later this week. It's kind of like a Netflix episode. He grabs popcorn. Um, wow. But, yeah. He, yeah, he's awesome. And I think that we built a really good relationship like that. I feel like he's a brother at this point. Do, do you do you feel like, when we're speaking with Chase Belt, uh, Director of Marketing for Park Avenue, um, for those that will be listening to this at a later date, uh, Chase, do, do you feel like you are bringing creativity out in the athletes at South Carolina? And I'm going to be a little bit funny with this, but you should get the gist of what I'm saying. Like, do you have a guy walking around now that we're not aware of calling himself, you know, like Pepsi joiner or, you know, <laughs> something like that where you're like, no, I, I go by Pepsi. Oh, do you, you know, like, yeah. like do, do, yeah, do you sure. Do you feel like you, you're, you're seeing more of these guys kind of bring themselves to light in a, in a in an effort to to market themselves a little bit better? For sure, that's one of the biggest things I talk to them about. If they come to me and they're like, "Hey, I want to get an NIL," and I'm like, "Okay, start posting more and show yourself off the field." I mentioned this earlier, but that's something we see perform really well. Is people want to see that? Like, they watch you on Saturdays. They can go back and rewatch the game film if they want to, but they don't know what you're like off the field. So I mentioned back when Juice was kind of deciding if he was going to go by Juice or Antoine, and I told him, I was like, you have to pick one. And I'm going to recommend Juice because it's very marketable. It's very memorable. Um, but I was like, you got to pick one and run with it because his social handles at the time, I think Twitter was at Antoine Wells. Instagram was at Juice Wells. Like, they were all different. No one knew what his name was. I'm like, all right, we got to pick one and go. And then half of his partnerships have now been based on that name. So, yes, they – always want to know that and I tell them off the field and create a tagline for yourself not even your name necessarily but some of them have nicknames now that they go by or big like the place they didn't coin it and talk about it on their twitter all the time now um yeah there's little things like that that I would suggest they should run with because like you see with Juice now all of his deals we actually have one we haven't announced it yet um it'll be this fall though with a little Claudia restaurant, and they're going to have an LTO for the month of October mm. menu item called the Big Juice. So that should oh. be convincing. That oh. sounds. Uh, if that has anything to do with bourbon or vodka, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll jump in on that. Uh, uh, JC, I, I did I I did I mentioned to Juju McDowell at the NIL event back in April that he needed to come up um, with uh, a dance called the Jujuke and. Um, <laughs> So if he can figure that out, Chase should only be a short phone call away. We don't need uh, any credit. I'm just trying to be helpful. Just, just do that. Yeah. Uh, one more thing before, before we go, not related to South Carolina and Park Avenue, but with ESM at large, and you guys do represent certain uh, individual student athletes, Brock Bowers from Georgia being one of them, uh, behind the scenes and, you know, and also kind of out in front, uh, in partnership with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, you yeah. guys facilitated the, what was the largest NIL deal uh, broadly uh, in NIL history. Uh, so talk, talk, tell us about that. Uh, it didn't involve any individual Gamecock players, but this kind of gives you folks out there an idea of like what the South Carolina players are working with uh, and what this company is able to accomplish uh, through its synergies with its parent. 
Right, yeah. So Zoa is Join the Rocks energy drink. Um, and so Zoa actually came to us as a sports marketing agency and help with talent. They were like, we want to get involved with NIL athletes. We don't know how. don't want to go to one agency that's only going to recommend their clients. We want a diverse group of race, gender, sport. They were like, we want everything and we want someone to guide it. So they hired us to do so, which is how we subcontracted. Brock obviously is one of our clients, but then we had Angel Reese at LSU, Drake May at U. My trainer, she's a softball player, and so anyone on our basketball, and really tried to do exactly what they wanted. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State all flew them out to LA this past weekend. They got to meet The Rock, had a huge photo shoot. Um, if you want to check out those pictures, Zoa's Instagrammed them, we've Instagrammed them. There's a bunch of them, but yeah, so we do very high level things, and we don't talk about it enough. I think just because we're so busy. But yes, there is a lot going on behind the scenes in the background of VSM that university athletes are getting for free. Chase, I want to make sure I get this in before we run you out of here. If there is a uh, a business um, that, or a business owner, I should say, maybe that is listening to our programming currently, or will be at a later date, or watching, uh, is there a way for them to contact? you uh and and if they have their own idea or if they're interested in your ideas to see if if they're a fit or maybe potentially could be a fit you know can you kind of quickly walk us through that process what y'all are interested in what you're looking for and 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 maybe where to go from there or should they just call jc because you know look at him why wouldn't you want to call jc i mean they can absolutely call jc he has myself um i can put my email here too yeah if you're a brand that either a is interested in capitalizing on NIL to help promote your brand or you're a brand that wants to support Pacific South Carolina student athlete, for instance, we help all brands in that way. Or if you're a brand that you're like, Hey, I need some marketing help. I don't know if I'm going to do it now, but I just want to chat. I talk through creative ideas with people all the time. Um, so you don't have to come to me and be like, yep, I have this amount of dollars and this is who I want to give it to. You don't have to know that ahead of time. Just email me. We'll hop on a call. It's chase. My name's spelled really weird. C-H-A-I-S. I thank you. At thisisism.com. Um, but yeah, email me. We can hop on a call, whether it's just support, you have a great idea, a budget, or you have no idea, but you still want to chat and get to know a little better. I'm happy to do so. Well, yeah. So, so like if you're out there, you have a string of car dealerships or something or a chain of restaurants across the state uh, or anything like that, you won't. You know, Spencer Rattler to, or, or whoever specific players that's a, get in touch with Chase because we we uh, we can facilitate things like that pretty quickly now. You, um, you do realize that re- revert back uh, what guys ten oh, I don't know fifteen years maybe more than that twenty years Cadillac Williams is going where was this when I was playing at Auburn right yeah. you know like, <laughs> no, like I would have been in a new caddy every weekend if he was. Uh, uh, well, you know, we'd love well, that's to have not to say back. he wasn't, though, JB. <laughs> yeah, well, he probably was. He probably right, right? Chase, you know Chase is yeah. Chase the yeah, Bama guy. She knows. She gets <laughs> it. We know how it is down there. But, uh, yeah, we, we know what happens on the planes. Um, Chase, if you'd be willing, we would love to have you back in the future and uh, maybe try to work out uh, something where we can get you on more often just to give us an update on on what – 
how this is connected and how it is helping athletes at the University of South Carolina, you're, you're better than all of us to, to give that message. So we'd love to do it in the future. And thank you so much for, for your time and for your efforts. Oh, of course. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I would love to do it again. Just shoot me a text. I'll hop on whenever. You got it. Have awesome. a wonderful week. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Chase. Chase. Belt. I kept wanting to call her Chase Page because I grew up with a guy with named Chase Page who played football at North Carolina. I'm glad I didn't do that. Chase Belt uh, with Park Ave. She's a brilliant interview, by the way, and a amazing mind. Uh, so uh, JC tells you enough. You, you should have it figured out by now. And that's the beauty of it. And guys, you know, right here, uh, I see Ryan join Carolina Rise this morning. You see that talented person, you know, and we always talk about personnel at Carolina. And it's a, it's a subject, right? People come up. Well, there you go. There, there is a a, a best in class uh, marketing professional available to Carolina student athletes because of what you guys have done. Yeah, you're eighteen oh one a month or whatever. You know, you see power. I've said Phil says it all the time. Power in numbers. Power in numbers. Power in numbers. Uh, so, so that's for y'all. I mean, think about that. Y'all did that. Yeah, absolutely. I just facilitated it. You know, I partially did it. But, I'm just know, here so I don't get fined. In the I'm just here so I don't get fined. I, 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 I threw some, <laughs> I threw some, I threw some cheddar <laughs> in the wheel. Uh, trust me, I threw some cheddar yeah. in the wheel. But anyway, we'll be right back. Yeah, Jordan got to hit a quick timeout. Jordan yep, Hill yep. up next. Give us an update on them dogs. <laughs> and golfers then, and wannabe golfers. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Hey, man. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil. If you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. (laughs) Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show.
35 inside the Gamecocks this show built by the Barn Dominium Co. And of course, always live from the Sinorama Studios in Columbia, South Carolina. But that's not where Jordan Hill is. He covers the University of Georgia's Bulldogs for Dogs247.com. And yesterday, Kirby Smart was at the podium. What's up, Jordan? Did we learn anything new? Are they going to win it again? Hey, they they are certainly going to try. And that was definitely sort of the takeaway from what Kirby had to say. And, you know, it's funny to watch him and the players navigate the, you know, we want to win it again. Then they say, well, if you do it again, that's three in a row. And they go, well, we're not really that worried about that. So uh, it's it's funny to watch them walk that tightrope. But I thought it all went pretty smoothly from Georgia's perspective. We were talking about this after the fact. It was funny to have a media days where we kind of all looked at each other and said, Okay, you know, there wasn't any kind of crazy storyline. Really, the biggest thing from the Georgia perspective was uh, Smoke Bowie, who had come over from Texas A&M, is no longer with the team. Other than that, kind of a ho-hum day, which if you're Kirby Smart and company, that's what you want from a media base. Considering what's what's been happening in Athens lately, I was – I was surprised. We were sitting here yesterday. I said, I bet Kirby filibusters the first daggum 35 minutes and just reads the depth chart. Well, I love how he I mean, came on at the beginning of yeah. it and said that Drinkwitz kind of screwed him out of that and that <laughs> they told him he, he needed to write. He couldn't just sit there and filibuster the whole time. I was like, ah, oh, that Eli. Oh, man. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, I'll only go 10 minutes. Yeah. And uh, he went like 15. So, like, you know, let, let's not give him too much credit on the on the avoiding of filibuster. Yeah. yeah. So what, what do you think about that situation before we dive into the actual team uh, with the AJC? I I had a pretty strong opinion about it last week, uh, but I I want to hear yours because you're on the ground down there and you obviously know the lay of the land a lot better than maybe, uh, than maybe we do from the outside. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing, and we were talking about this in that main ballroom just before I came up here, there's a lot of things that they uncovered that was factual. That was, you know, reasonable reporting and things that none of us had known about. But then when you go through and and look specifically at the situation like Jamal Jarrett, I got the police report after the fact and went through it, and it does not match their reporting and the way they framed it and some of the things they included and did not include. When you you have a situation like that, you undermine all the actual good reporting you did. And if you've seen with Alan Judd, the AJC reporter in question, You've got people coming back from, you know, a, someone who ran for political office in the state of, the, of Georgia in the aftermath of this situation with UGA has spoken up and said he reported things about me that were untrue. And look, I wound up losing an election. Now, is that true or not? We don't know. But that is in question. And that's what happens when you put yourself in a situation like this. So, you know, I, I'll be interested to see what the AJC does from here. I'm expecting there will be a retraction based on just all the talk around that situation. But um, it's definitely complicated. And I think sometimes it's hard for people on the outside to really understand how exactly as simple as it sounds, journalism works. And, you know, to, to put yourself in a situation like this, like they have, again, it, it takes away from all the legitimate reporting you've done and calls into question your legitimacy and, and what you are trying to do as an outlet. I, that, that's, that is so sad it's ridiculous i mean if you ask me and the fact that um you can report these things without retraction if they're not totally true uh, i 
Anyways, we'll move on. Um, all right, uh, so it's the middle of July here, uh, Jordan, and, and it's it's pretty crystal clear. I think tomorrow Georgia, Georgia is going to be picked to win everything again. They should be. They should be. But if there is a concern uh, for Kirby Smart, a major concern, if you want to call it that, what would it be at this point in time? Well, to me, there's two spots on the team that I am most interested in once we get into the season. One is obvious, it's quarterback, because you've lost Stetson Bennett. As many uh, naysayers and detractors within even the fan base as there were, uh, they don't have a Stetson Bennett this year. And, and Stetson was proven, especially last year, I thought he took major strides with his game. You've got two really talented guys coming in fighting for that job in Carson Beck and Brock Vandergriff. I think it will be Carson Beck, but we'll see through fall camp as well. And either way, you've got a guy who's never started a college game before, and they've got a really good start to the season um, other than having to play South Carolina. I mean, they play UT Martin, they play Ball State, then you got that South Carolina game, then you got UAB. You do have a little bit of a runway with these quarterbacks besides the yeah. South Carolina game, but those guys are going to have to step up, and the biggest thing that Kirby harps on is good decision-making. They can't turn the ball over. They can't give away possessions. And then on the other side of the ball, to me, outside linebacker you lost nolan smith you lost robert bill two former five-star recruits and you're trying to find a way to replace them and uh kirby talked in the spring and said that's the greenest outside linebacker room he's ever seen uh Cass chambliss who's going to be a junior this season is the most experienced guy and he really hasn't played a ton i mean he stepped up when nolan smith tore his peck against florida last october and played a whole lot more. And he spoke really confidently during the spring about how far he's come. But um, they're really talented there. They just brought in three freshman outside linebackers who were really, really talented. Damon Wilson, Samuel Pimba, Gabe Harris. But just a lot of unproven guys in that room. It's just a matter of some of those guys stepping up. Okay. JC, I know you're about to ask a question. It might be the same one I'm asking. The quarterback room. It is, it's deeply talented. I mean, there, there's a young man at the – but you didn't even mention his name and Gunnar Stockton, who at one point in time was committed to South Carolina and then, of course, decommitted with the coaching change. Mike Bobo is now calling the plays. I'd like you to touch on that as well and what we'll be looking at when they get into August. But, I mean, is there – this is something that's been speculated on. I'm sure you've heard it as well. We've speculated on it here. With the talent that's in that quarterback room, Jordan, I, it, it's hard to believe in this day and age that there isn't a name, maybe two, but certainly one – that might look at deflecting uh, if they aren't higher up the totem pole when it comes time to almost kick this thing off in late August. What do you think? It'll, I'll be curious. You know, I think I would probably more anticipate seeing somebody in December decide to go into the portal. I mean, because if you look at the last few years for Georgia, I mean, think about the 2021 season. JT Daniels started that season as a starter. There was a point after Georgia went at media days, he was the betting favorite for the Heisman. A lot has changed since then for JT Daniels and for Georgia. So I anticipate those guys will probably stay with it, stick, you know, stay. And and especially, too, when you look at specifically for me of these three quarterbacks, Brock Vandergriff, I think would make the most sense if he doesn't win that starting job. He's been at Georgia. But you have a situation where some of these early games, as I mentioned, maybe you do get on the field, and that could be an opening for you to show that, you know, that you can play and that you've got an opportunity because Kirby talked about this yesterday at media days. 
that the one thing you can't really get right now is that in-game action. And, you know, you can look great out on the practice field. You can't be tackled as the quarterbacks. You know, they got them in those black jerseys. Nobody's touching them. But say you're a Brock Vandergriff, you come in, you're the number two. But if you get out there and you look more comfortable and you're able to make more plays, all of a sudden you could go in and, and wind up being the starter before this thing's over with. JC, Phil? I was going to ask you about the, the front seven in general. I know Georgia's outside linebackers, it's different than your normal OLB. I mean, these are these big monster pass rushers and, and guys like Nolan Smith. Um, Jalen Carter's gone. Uh, I thought it was hard to replace Jordan Davis. Didn't seem to be a factor. But Jalen Carter's pretty damn good. I mean, uh, say what you want about whatever happened with him. I was kind of mad the Bears didn't take him, by the way. Uh, so on the interior of that D line, because you mentioned the outs, kind of the perimeter, on the interior in there, uh, who are some guys to look at? Would it be Stackhouse and, the, and those cats? Uh, just kind of take us through that position uh, in general, because it, it, you know, I think everybody just assumes they're going to reload up there, and, and it looks like that they probably will. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with interior defensive line now that Jalen's gone, it's going to be more quantity over quality in the fact of, you know, he was just an absolute game wrecker. Uh, Nazir Stackhouse, like you mentioned, JC, I think they're expecting big things from him. Zion Logue, another guy that's played a lot. You know, we really thought Bear Alexander was going to be the guy, and then he leaves uh, like two hours before G-Day. He announces he's going in the portal. He transfers to USC. Uh, but they've got some younger guys, Jamal Jarrett, Jordan Hall, who wound up being a five-star, really exploded in his senior year down in Jacksonville. Uh, I don't know that he'll start right away, but he is really, really talented. Um, they're just super deep. I think they're going to be really mindful of rotating guys in. And really, at the end of last year in the playoff, in the two playoff games, they did a really good job of rotating a number of those guys in. Um, so they're in good shape. They're not going to have a guy that is – we're not going to see anybody pick up Jaden Daniels in the SEC title game this year. There is no Jalen Carter, but they're super, super deep still. And I think we're going to see a number of guys try to make up the production that one Jalen Carter had last season. Dominic Lovett comes in from Missouri. Uh, Ra Ra Thomas comes in from Mississippi State. Right. There's another guy that was once committed to South Carolina. Um, I thought if you looked at Georgia last year, Jordan, if there was one position, he went, ah. Eh, they're good, not great. It was probably receiver. I think that's about to change pretty quickly uh, when you throw Bowers and everybody else in there. What can you say about the, the impact that these two transfer receivers are going to have uh, on Mike Bobo's offense this year? I think so far Dominic Lovett has been of the two, the more talked about. Um, he really impressed in spring. I think he's got a chance to be probably the leading wide receiver. I still think Brock Bowers will be your top pass catcher. Um, and I think it'll probably be Dom and, and uh, uh, Lad McConkey battling for that really number one wide receiver role. Um, but Rara, it sounds like, has made real strides. Uh, he didn't play at G-Day. He had had some off-the-field issues back in January. Uh, but talk is that he's getting caught up to speed, that he's looking more of the part. He's the guy that I'm probably most interested in. Um, especially because I, I think we, you know, we may see him miss a game or two early. Kirby's not the kind to kind of talk about suspensions and how long guys are going to be out. Uh, but he fits that X receiver role. They need someone to step up there with A.D. Mitchell going to Texas. Um, it's a very interesting group of receivers because you have those guys. You've got Lad McConkey back. You've got Marcus Rosemey, Jack Sane, another big man that 
um, really took real strides as a receiver. He'd kind of gotten more attention as a really strong blocking receiver out on the perimeter. Um, and then you got Arian Smith, who has battled injuries. But if you guys saw that Peach Bowl, I, I'm not convinced Georgia wins that game if he does not have that 75-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter. They've got a whole lot of options. And I, I think we're going to see a healthy rotation of those guys, that they're going to get several different receivers involved. Um, and, and like JC said, I think it's taken a step forward as far as a receiver room, that they're really, really deep. And they'll have a chance to get a lot of guys involved. Okay, I want to ask you about the South Carolina game. Obviously, being on inside the Gamecocks here, Jordan. This is a this 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 has been a nightmare for the Gamecocks the last three years. To put that politely, they've been outscored something like one hundred and thirty three to thirty six or something total in the last uh, in the last three seasons. That is, you just mentioned it a moment ago. It is the CBS game as well at three thirty, the final year of the CBS game of the week for the Southeastern Conference. It is the first major test for the Dogs this season as well. How do they view this rivalry? And also, though, how do they view that you're aware of to this point, this program under Coach Beamer as it enters the third year? Well, I think they understand that they're a threat, and I think that you see South Carolina in that tier of teams that want to knock off Georgia. Um, I think it's just a matter of South Carolina being able to do that. You know, we did see that with uh, Muschamp was still the coach, them upsetting Georgia in Athens. I'm sure, especially Kirby, has not forgotten about that. Um, you know, it's one of those things when I look at it from South Carolina's perspective, it's like you would really have rather had that game last year played in Athens and then get this game where, you know, the situation yeah. is that Georgia's breaking in a new quarterback. That would, if it was a road game, would be his first road game. Uh, but still, I do think it's going to be a big test. You know, this will be the first legitimate SEC competition that that guy and the rest of the team will have faced this season. Um, and, you know, I think that is a big test for Shane Beamer and company because, like you said, JB, these games, frankly, have not been close the last couple of years. You know, that that one game when uh, Shane went off after the fact about all the five stars, you know, that Georgia has. And, you know, are you kidding? You know, what are you going to do with, with all those guys? You know, I, I do think – when you think about Georgia fans, that they remember Shane saying that. I'm sure they kind of revel in that in the last few years. So I do think that it is um, sort of one of those proving grounds for this South Carolina team, especially early in the season. I think just from on the outside that South Carolina has the talent to be that number two team in the East. Uh, to me, the biggest concern is that offensive line. But that's a big test early on, and I'm not big on moral victories, but if you can at least keep that one close, that would tell me a whole lot about the South Carolina team. How about the rest of the schedule, though? I mean, I, the the thing that just – we uh, Phil, I, I think it might have been you that mentioned this last week. It is still just strange to me to see the second-to-last game of the season is Georgia and Tennessee. That never happens. And right. <laughs> for where they have that game, you just wonder what these two I – mean, I'm, I'm pretty confident we know where Georgia is going to be. Uh, but where will Tennessee be on November the 18th? Is there anything prior to that, exclude, exclude South Carolina from this conversation, good or bad? Is there anything prior to that in doing your research to prepare for this season, for this program, that really stands out and says, well, they better be careful there? I mean, for the most part, no. And, you know, Georgia's been catching a lot of flack for the schedule. And, you know, they were going to play Oklahoma at Oklahoma, which would have really beefed up the schedule. That would have been in week two. 
Uh, the SEC said, SEC said, look, you, you know, go ahead and take that off the schedule because you'll probably go in there before long. And uh, Georgia wound up with Ball State, which is uh, not exactly a, a fair trade there. But um, the only games that, that really strike me would be Kentucky, because I do think Kentucky will be dangerous getting Liam Cohen back as offensive coordinator, Devin Leary. Uh, but those games honestly haven't been that close the last few years either. Um, they did kind of give Georgia a scare last November. I think that wound up being a 16-6 to game. Georgia's offense just really couldn't get anything going. Uh, and then Florida, just because you just never know in Jacksonville, things just get really, really weird. Um, I have a lot of questions about Florida. I don't think they're going to be that good this year. I am not convinced Graham Mertz is going to be the answer at quarterback, but frankly, I don't think they have many other options. Uh, but that that those two games to me before that Tennessee game in November, and my thing with that Tennessee game, you're so late in the year, what does the health of your team look like? You're having to go to Tennessee um, I think that is a very, very dangerous situation for Georgia, and you definitely want to have all hands on deck when you get to Neyland Stadium. Isn't that amazing, guys? Florida really doesn't have a quarterback. Georgia's got 13 of them. It's amazing. Yeah, I just They got a whole frigging <laughs> roster of quarterbacks. We were joking about Nick Saban potentially having to channel his inner Spurrier and just, you know, throw a different quarterback in there even on, you know, different drives. And, and you know, it was like – and do you think, Jordan, that the, the – the level of talent and ability between Beck and Vandergriff is so close that Kirby may end up having to do the same. You know, I think it'll be more about, cause again, I think it'll be Carson Beck, just how he handles being in the game. And, and I'll yeah. say this back at G day. I mean, he looked comfortable and he was sharp. He, he played really well. Brock, I thought looked a little more hesitant. I think he kind of felt the, pressure of that moment because he, he did really need to try to prove and separate himself from Carson. That to me is the biggest thing. They both can move a little bit. I think Brock is more of an agile guy uh, than Carson, but Carson's got a big arm. So I, I would anticipate we're probably going to see, even in those early games, I think that they're going to try to not get it where you look at the uh, box score at the end of the day and be like, well, they had about the same number of completions or the same number of attempts. I mean, um, you know, I think they're going to try to make it clear once the season starts, hey, this is the number one guy. We may use this other guy some, and you saw that last year, just not to a really big degree uh, with Carson Beck as a number two. He played in seven games. Um, but I think they're going to try to roll with one guy. I don't think that Kirby wants to answer questions about the quarterback each and every week if he can avoid it. Um, so I think you'll see those, you know, two guys, but I think it'll be very clear by the time we get to September who that number one guy is. Kirby will have a Saban-esque blow-up if he has to do that week after week after week. He just needs to get the hands going like Nick does, and it'll all work out from there. 26 of 35 for 310 yards, four touchdowns, and no picks thrown last year for Carson Beck as a backup quarterback to Stetson Bennett. We'll let you run on that note, Jordan. Uh, we we want to get you back here as soon as we can. It'll be here before you know it, and then you won't sleep again until, uh, well, for you, covering Georgia Janu- mid-January, um, <laughs> considering they'll be in the playoff again. So just get prepared. Where, where are they going this year? Where, where are they going to be in the playoffs? Either the Rose Bowl or New Orleans, Ooh. which I'm assuming it would be New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So. Who cares? Either way, you got, you got a great trust That's to win. win. Dang, man, man, what a, what a really unfortunate <laughs> turn of events for me. It's rough. <laughs> hey, awesome. thank you for spending your time with us. Great stuff. Can't wait to get, get you back soon. 
absolutely enjoyed it. Appreciate you guys. Yes, Thanks, sir. Thank you. If you're on Twitter, follow him at Jordan Davis Hill. All right, we got to get this final break in. It's a, it's only two minutes, so we'll hit it. We'll wrap up when we return on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show garnet and black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox. You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy installation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and Go Gamecocks. For a nap <laughs> or some lunch. Oh, yeah, lunch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Nah, it's, time. it's nap time. Yeah, I'll nap. take either one. Matt got, got some jersey, picked up some jersey mics on the way home for Ooh. Us. Oh, I'm a happy what's boy. What's your jersey mics go to? You big club Luna guy? Club? Yeah, club. I like that. Some club sub or the cheesesteak. JC, we must have been birthed from the same mother. I'm with you. I'm, I'm a cheesesteak or club sub guy. and you just I, do I want it warm? Do I want it cold? But either one, those are the only two. That I'm with you. Yeah, in the, in the chat box, Craiger and Bobby bring up a good point. We just talked to them about the dogs. Tyrion Ingram, Dawkins, not mentioned. Gunner Stockton, not mentioned. Uh, Oscar Delp, I think, would have been mentioned if we're talking about 
players the Gamecocks have lost to them. Uh, but we didn't ask about the backup tight end. But uh, yeah, that's <laughs> no. interesting, you know. We, uh, they, Carolina's got some pretty good tight ends too. I think they are. They pretty, uh, pretty good. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, and, and unlike last year where we went into the season, said the same thing. And you had, uh, the mad scientist, you know, the beaker from Bunsen from the Muppets trying to run his offense. I, I think, I think this year, I think this year they'll actually be used. Uh, and you can tell that from the spring game. Um, sometimes it's good when the play by play guy can tell you like, you know, what's going to be called because it makes sense. And they're like, oh, we look for Trey Knox down here. And sure enough, Trey Knox, two targets. So um, I was kind of refreshed by that. And I know there's going to be big things from Josh Simon this year as well. Let me just add this quick little note on the Georgia coaching staff. I just find it hilariously funny that Glenn Schumann is the defensive coordinator and Will Muschamp is the co-defensive coordinator. Oh, give me a break. We know who's calling the plays. (laughs) We know who's coordinating the defense, and it ain't Glenn Schumann. (laughs) No offense. Uh, No offense. I I think you give Muschamp that kind of talent. He's he's dangerous on on defense. And uh, it's not, I don't think it's a coincidence that he shows up and all of a sudden they go from really, really good to like, Elite. Freaking awesome! Yeah, <laughs> the freaking awesome. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying you know he didn't have overwhelming talent because he has. But I think it's safe to say that guy he can he can coach defense when he has players. Yeah, uh, he's exceptionally dangerous. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, again, I just love the optics of some of the things that are put up on these uh, on these websites. Especially George has done this for a while with Will since he's been there. But let me give you. Glenn Schumann's resume. He was an undergraduate analyst for four years at Alabama. He didn't, didn't play. Uh, he was a graduate assistant after that for four years at Alabama. Uh, then he was a director of player development for a year at Alabama. And then he was an inside linebackers coach at Georgia for three years. And now he's apparently the uh, defensive coordinator. No, he's not. <laughs> Will Muschamp is. <laughs> Let me read you Will Muschamp's resume. Oh, wait, yeah, we'll have to do right, that in the yeah. final hour of tomorrow's show. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, that's going to take us a while there. I wonder how uh, I wonder how the return of Bobo is being uh, received down there in Athens. Most dog fans are – I mean, most uh, – sorry. Red doesn't Red's, like it, obviously. Red's, Red's upset. But uh, – <laughs> Most dog fans are okay with it, but it's hard hard for them not to be okay with, with anything right now. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you'd be foolish not to be okay with what's going on right now. It's just yeah. I, I just wonder if there's a a certain contingent of them that are like, well, let's just wait and see. <laughs> I, I I don't know if we plan collectively as a team here to do any preseason predictions. I try to leave that to the people that want to get it wrong every year because you know that whatever we do, we're not going to get it right. However. If the three of us collectively went ahead here on July the 19th and said, let's just all go ahead and predict George is undefeated again this year in the regular season, we probably have a pretty good chance on that one. I would say, yeah. I just don't think that. High odds. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people who bang on their schedule, I'm sorry, but Georgia cannot control their opponents in league play. They can't control the fact that Auburn ain't as good as they once were. They can't afford the fact, you know, uh, control the fact that South Carolina is still trying to figure things out. I mean, they do have to get, they can't control the fact that Florida has just flunked 
under Billy Napier, and they can't control these things. I mean, it, you know. How strong were those last three opponents they paid last year to get to the <laughs> to the title? Would you yeah. would you consider that a a, a puffball schedule? Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think it'll be pretty good. I, one game I would watch out for is Auburn, just because sometimes you have a coaching change and you have a series that hasn't gone your way. New coach comes in and he's got a knack for pulling upsets, obviously. Yeah. And then it happens, but because it's been surprising to me the last ten years, that used to be a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Oh yeah, and, and Georgia dominated it the last ten years. I mean, so I well, because and it's down, it's down on the plains too. It's down at Auburn. So yeah, yeah. Well, and hey, you know, to be fair to the to be fair to the conversation, that, that game's on September thirtieth. So you know, that give gives Auburn a few weeks to get their feet underneath them, and uh, you know. They'll have their feet underneath them the previous week. Yeah, they play, they play at, at Cal, Berkeley, the second week. Yeah. I would yeah, do should, anything to go to Auburn up. tailgate in Berkeley. Anything. Yes. Well, what's wrong with these boys? Imagine yelling. the people watching there. Hey, bro. War Eagle. Hey, bro. War Eagle. What's going bro, on? Bro, this guy's yelling what War Eagle. What the fuck? They're the Tiger. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, man. Whoa. That's going to be like an alien invasion. <laughs> That's far out, <laughs> or, man. Or, or the Auburn Nation landing on an alien planet. <laughs> <laughs> I love stuff like that, man. The culture. I, that. I was like, wow. Good culture yeah. shock. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. Thank you so much to Chase Belt. If you missed that segment, it was a uh, it was a great one. Chase Belt with Park Avenue joining us at the top of the noon hour, and Jordan Hill with Dogs247.com joining us in the previous segment. Uh, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Shane Beamer meets with the media tomorrow. We will put out some information soon. We may adjust programming a little bit to make sure we can uh, all cover what Shane has to say as well. For Phil and JC, I'm JP. We'll see you tomorrow on Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Cinerama Studios.